Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, captains. You're stealing that? That's from somewhere else. Nope. You stole that bit? No, I wrote that, dude. I wrote it. I thought of it last night, and I wrote it. I wrote it down, and I... Just because you thought of something doesn't mean that it's... I wrote it down after I thought of it. So explain to me how I could have possibly stolen that. Sync this clap. We should get the clap. You want to try it out? Me and you should both get chlamydia and then just see who deals with it better. I think it won't be me. (laughs) Hey, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the podcast, (laughs) the night recording edition. Night recording. You want to tell them why we're recording this at one in the morning? Yeah, because we tried to watch fucking stupid old Blame It on Rio and record it for the podcast, but then that turned into actual child porn. Yeah. So (laughs) then we had to stop watching it. And I also apologize if anybody watched it off our blind recommendation on the last week's podcast. I had seen it, and I thought it was pretty fun nonsense. I mean, it's completely horrible, and all of it's morally reprehensible. But I thought it would be pretty fun to talk about. I, I can't talk about... It was banging miners for an hour. It was too I don't much. think anybody wants to have that blasted into their ears on their morning commute. So we do. We have to apologize for anyone who watched that, and we also have to apologize for the people we told who it was going to be RoboCop. Yeah, we've switched this a lot. RoboCop, we tried to watch, but that was just a really good movie. We had nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, it was just we were like, "You're bang on, RoboCop." You nailed it. You nailed it, uh, Paul Verhoeven. Couldn't find anything problematic about that whole flick, honestly. RoboCop is a progressive masterpiece. Check that out, you guys. So we had some swings and a mi- swings and misses, but you know what? The boys are back. We're in town, and those are the two things that set us up nice for a successful episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see how this one turns out. What what flick did we check out <sighs> this week, Ian? This week we got fucking Kickboxer from 1989, starring Jean Claude Van Damme and some other fucking clowns. It's a Jean God Van Damme. Jean God damn, this was a good movie. <laughs> this is my opening statement okay. about the movie. It's sampled on Sway in the Morning's Five Fingers of Death, everybody. So for all my hip hop heads out there, that's a connection you can make. Yeah, Brad went crazy when that character said just some off it. What was the line? He said, I already know I'm the best. This is just another chance for me to prove it. And I fucking lost my mind because I was like, that's what happens when they freestyle, man. (laughs) I got so excited. I just watched the freestyles, bro. I don't even pay attention to the samples. I swear to God, I thought somebody was going to start fucking rapping in this movie (laughs) as soon as he said that. Where's Swag? (laughs) Sway Calloway makes a cameo. Yeah, he's just got like got his beats on, fucking swiveling in the chair, not showing how short he really is. Is Sway the guy who's like really, really short? I think they're all really, really short. I can't imagine he's pretty tall. sure everybody who hosts a radio show is five foot zero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's the what radio was invented for. <laughs> Guys who aren't six feet tall but still wanted to be famous. Yeah, you're right. People so welcome who think to the... they have some good ideas and shit to say. So thanks for tuning into the audio version of this podcast, where Kian and I are both six five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please don't watch the video version of this podcast. <laughs> please don't. If you're on the video version right now. This is what it is. Go back to the audio. (laughs) Yeah, turn this shit off or close your eyes. (laughs) Okay, so Kickboxer is a 1989 movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm -hmm. Some other dudes are in it. Who even cares? Uh, A world champion kickboxer is in this movie, and I don't give a fuck because Jean-Claude is also in it. That's how good Jean-Claude's muscles are. Uh, Jean-Claude plays a man named Kurt. He is the ringman for his brother, who is the current world champion kickboxer. They go to Thailand to compete with Tong Po, who's like the top guy there. And uh, Jean-Claude's brother gets his ass kicked. He gets his spine broken in the ring. Yep. And Jean-Claude vows vengeance. He has to train up and kick Tong Po's ass. Not and that's very, what this shit's about. Not very world champion of you to get your back broken. No, that's a pretty amateur move. I don't even think that back breaks are a legal move in Muay Thai. So pretty impressive that you even let that happen to you. Yeah. Also, I got a I got a dad lesson right off the hop for us. Yeah? Tell because, me. Uh, well, you were saying he's the world champion of kickboxing, right? Of course. Are you just leaving? Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, bro. Yeah, you were saying he's the world champion of kickboxing, but then we find out he's only ever fought in America. Right? Yeah. America's the whole world. 
So this Eurocentrism, t- baby. <laughs> We're not even in Europe, bro. Yeah, white people. <laughs> I don't know what the word is, but it's America, so we're going Euro. <laughs> white centrism, baby. <laughs> white centrism, exactly. But I do, yeah, I think this uh, taught our dads that uh, either it taught our dads that America isn't the whole world, or it taught our dads that they fight dirty in every other part of the world. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not sure which one. I'm pretty sure different dads interpreted that scene very differently. Yeah, you can really, this is a good litmus test for how racist your dad is. Because this movie, <laughs> like, doesn't really have much overt racism, but you can read into whatever you want, however you like. A bleeding heart liberal dad would be like, yeah, of course he wasn't prepared. But a, <laughs> but a cop dad, a cop dad would be like, well, that seemed illegal. <laughs> yeah, cop dad would shoot him. A co- <laughs> cop dad would bring the gun into the ring. If your dad's a cop, show him this movie and he'll try to arrest the TV screen. <laughs> because that back break was not clean, brother. I uh, I want to talk about the dynamic between uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and his brother. Because we were saying this at the uh, beginning of the movie. Uh, there's like this whole montage of them just hanging out in Thailand together, and it, it really suit. I think they're more suited to be gay lovers. <laughs> like they have that... So much fucking... Uh, hey, man, this is a progressive podcast. Can you just say lovers next time? No. All right. I just want to be on the record asking <laughs> that so that everybody knows where I stand. I'm going to edit that out so it's just you agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> just cut everything after okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, they're like fucking rolling through, uh, riding little boats through canals. Yeah. Bunch of naked kids jump into the canal. Jean Claude takes a little s- quick picture of him. So yeah, I that's think th- the only picture he takes in the whole movie. Only too. one he takes. It is child pornography. <laughs> He's so like, I think this movie might have invented sex tourism. <laughs> yeah, this movie taught our dads where to go <laughs> <laughs> when you're fighting your wife. Yeah, this movie told our dads about Bangkok. <laughs> Why do you think they call it that? <laughs> but uh. Yeah, they are more suited to be lovers, especially the part where they have different accents. <laughs> they have different accents. <laughs> guys like he's like in a he's like talking all French. He's like, "Brother, I love you." We're and both then the from America. Guys like, "Yes, I also love you too." <laughs> Sounding like Nixon, man. <laughs> I like that you can't do a French accent, so you just do a more American accent. <laughs> Sorry, let me try that again. <laughs> Un brother, je t'aime. And then the other guys like, "Yes." My brother, I also love you. Yo, careful with those spot-on impressions, because you're going to get us pulled off YouTube with copyright infringement, bro. <laughs> just got another copyright <laughs> It's like strike. too good, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's why I also I have another thing. I also think that dynamic in the movie taught our dads to always be worried about if their wife cheated on them. How so? Well, because that's why every dad is like, I wonder if this kid is mine. <laughs> we're just always on the lookout i meant like seeing two brothers with different accents like made my dad realize like shit mom could have did it to me too (laughs) oh fuck we've been to europe (laughs) (laughs) what did she what did she do (laughs) oh no there was that whole week where she was gone (laughs) that's enough time to birth a child it's enough time to fly to belgium and back there was that whole week she was gone and then that other week nine months later she was gone (laughs) (laughs) and then that other week when she came back with a baby after being gone for nine months (laughs) that's that's what this is is just an american thinking that he's the you know top dog so he just fucking goes to thailand gets his back broke even after like his his brother like sees the guy kicking down a wall yeah he's like punching a fucking like a load-bearing pole you know like something structurally integral to the building and he's just fucking kicking that shit down and then yeah imagine that like just a whole fucking roof caves in and they're like oh tong po's training again (laughs) it's like bro hit the bag dude Uh, that's what warm-up will do to you (laughs) family lived here dude but yeah so jean-claude sees tong po like punching the shit out of this wall knocking it down and then he runs over to his brother's room and he's like hey maybe we shouldn't fight this guy uh, he seems really strong, and the brother's like, yeah, but can he move like me? Yeah, and then the brother doesn't punch anything. He just does like... Whoosh. It just taught all Americans to blindly believe in themselves, just grip it and rip it. Yeah, man. for no reason. <laughs> Literally no reason. He hasn't seen this guy fight. He, All he's going off of is that his brother must be a dumbass. I think that's exactly what started the Vietnam War, like that same exact sentence. Somebody came into General Eisenhower's chambers, and he was like... Hey man, it seems like they have a lot of jungle and a lot of trap doors out there. 
And I, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower was like, yeah, but they can't move like us. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, okay. <laughs> Those fuckers can't napalm like we can. No. <laughs> can they? We only started <laughs> napalming once they once we realized that actually, yeah, they were way faster than us. <laughs> they actually, yeah, they could move like that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's invent firebombs. <laughs> All right, fine. He can move like me. But does he have the chemicals that I do? But can he burn down his whole country? <laughs> <laughs> does he hate his land like yeah. I do? Is he cool with utilizing chemical warfare to create generations of uh, damage? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Chalk one up to America. Yeah, they got a bunch of good corporals, but we got some secret agents. <laughs> Agent Orange. <laughs> See, uh, secret Agent Orange. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fucking great action movie. That actually. would be really good. Right, Secret Agent Orange. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a spinoff of the annoying Orange, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think James Bond crossed with... With the annoying orange. Huh? Secret Agent <laughs> Orange. What do you guys think? <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> James Bond, the annoying orange, and a hate crime. All right. Secret <laughs> Agent Orange. We got a film, baby. <laughs> oh, we should talk about um we should talk about Jean Claude's reaction to his brother's back being broken. First his back gets broken in the ring, and yeah. then he's like trying to jump in with no fight experience. He's like, you fucking asshole, I'll kill you. And then the guy just kicks him once and he flies into yeah. the crowd. Also, if your brother's back got broken in front of you, like, would you abandon him to start a fight or would you just like make sure he was okay? I mean, I don't know what I'd... <sighs> I'd probably make sure he's okay. And I absolutely would not start a fight with the guy who just effortlessly broke my brother's back. <laughs> who just effortlessly broke my world champion fighter's brother's back. If no, my, I would not start a fight with that guy. was the best in the world. I would not just be like, I could probably top that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they carry him out on a stretcher and then just, like, drop him in the middle of the street, which like, I really this like. This guy out here is going to start bumming out all the locals. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, that's a very uh, jungle attitude, I think, you know? And then they take him to the hospital. Uh, the guy that Jean-Claude fell on is now his best friend in the world. He drives him to the hospital. He gets the diagnosis that his brother's paralyzed. And then how does Jean-Claude cope with it? How? Goes on a walking tour of Bangkok, <laughs> I guess, to like rub it in that his brother can't anymore. But you just get like a, like a five-minute montage of him just like looking at buddhist temples like kind of confused he's wearing <laughs> shoes inside which i know you're not allowed to do yeah he's touching all the stuff yeah just touching I read shit like seven articles today that said if you ever go to thailand do not touch the buddhas yeah jean-claude did not read those same articles <laughs> but then also like so during this montage where, where he goes on his promenade through thailand we find out that this movie has the exact same soundtrack as every high school dance in the 80s <laughs> yeah it's just like love songs and songs about not giving up in a vague way like if you watch this movie with a blindfold on <laughs> you would think it was a romance you would i mean based on the soundtrack i genuinely think this make this movie makes more sense uh if you frame it as jean-claude van damme's uh, husband got his back broken <laughs> and Jean-Claude and all his new friends from Thailand. Are That's going the to get progressive revenge. remake we do. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And then they marry that boy. They were taking pictures of too. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like they a adopt him. <laughs> They're actually just there to adopt a kid. <laughs> oh <my God>. We're <laughs> just taking pictures of ones we like. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the hotel and compare. <laughs> I Jean-Claude's brother gets a world champion belt, right? And then goes to, to Thailand and immediately gets destroyed. And I feel like that was like, I feel like that was the director trying to tell our dads that like America actually isn't the greatest country in the world, but then we, they just didn't listen. Yeah. I mean, most, yeah, no, of course our dads didn't listen. Uh, you're going to need a lot more than just one movie to say America sucks shit before people start listening to that, bro. Yeah. We've had about 30 years of Americans being like, oh, maybe we're not Man, this sick. movie was Jean-Claude Van Damme trying to talk uh, his brother out of the fight, and all our dads responded like the brother. They were just like, don't fucking tell me what to do. But also Jean-Claude responded like that later on. Yeah, I mean... I mean, when they try, uh, eventually it gets to a point where Jean-Claude's brother tries to fight, talk Jean-Claude out of fighting that same guy. And Jean-Claude's like, no, I know I told you not to, but now I will. 
Yeah, but nobody he, learns anything this whole movie, and well, then it pays no, off. He learns how to fight Muay Thai, and then he wins the fight, Jean Claude. Okay, yeah, and you're right. So I think that it taught our dads that even though we lost the first Vietnam War, we're definitely going to win the second one. Now that we know how it works, <laughs> we're definitely going to win the future second Vietnam War. <laughs> now that we've trained a little bit in Vietnam, <laughs> some of these movies they got have, no chance. Some of these movies have potential future controversies. This one has a potential future Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this movie's either progressive or regressive depending on if we go to war with Vietnam again (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also want to talk about so like yeah then as soon as they get there before the fight starts as soon as they get there in Thailand they're just posturing and flexing for the locals and uh, they pick up a do they pick up a prostitute or does his brother just get a girl it's sort of unclear well he picks up a girl but it's in front of a brothel but he also only gives her flowers. Yeah, I mean, like... So it's a complete toss-up. Yeah, sometimes you're walking in front of a brothel and you meet a nice lady who's like an accountant or something. Yeah, she's and just the secretary. She was just also walking by the brothel at two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just there. But yeah, so they they bring this girl back to the, the five-star hotel they're staying in. And uh, Jean-Claude yells, watch your wallet. And I think that taught our dads, like, to not trust sex workers. You know what I mean? I don't like, know, it bro. it taught our dads, like, yeah, get a get a sex worker, but just don't trust her. But, I mean, I don't know. That's also a pretty reasonable thing to say. No. If I, I was banging so. a guy for money, you bet I would try and rob him also. I think it's wrong to not trust sex workers because the only people I feel comfortable venting to are those bots on OnlyFans. <laughs> they hit you up right after you subscribe. Like, hey, buy some of my other shit. That's where I dump all my feelings up. You subscribe to <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, dude. I canceled my therapist. I just started spending that money on OnlyFans. <laughs> it's way better to just uh, be able to see some titties and have somebody talk to me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because I can message someone about it and they won't answer, but they will show whole. <laughs> and uh, I've realized that's what I want in a therapist. Yeah, I've realized I wasn't sad. I was just horny. <laughs> I just liked going to flirt with a girl for a w- <laughs> once a week. Yeah, that's also that's not going real to... for any girls watching. I don't subscribe to OnlyFans. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a regular guy who fucks easily. I'm going to edit that so it says that you subscribe to OnlyFans. You're a regular guy and you subscribe to OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm a regular guy who subscribes to OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme gets the news that his brother's paralyzed, he gets pissed off at the doctor, which I really like. Yeah. Just the- yeah, he starts like choking the doctor. Like, what the fuck do you mean anything? somebody else hit him and now he's paralyzed? <laughs> yeah, if I ever find what out... What do you the- mean you had nothing to do with his injuries? Bro, if I ever find out that you have COVID, I'm doing a drive-by on the hospital. Yeah, fuck up whoever diagnoses me with that <laughs> shit, bro. I want you coming after him. I gotta let them. I gotta let any doctor know uh, that I got shooters out there before he diagnoses me with a disease. I'm going to the drive-in testing facility and I'm letting it sing, baby. Um, but also, yeah, like Jean Claude watching his brother get destroyed and then deciding he's gonna fight that guy too. Like that's why my dad can never accept defeat in an argument. Sit down. <laughs> Don't admit that you're wrong. Go back and learn tricks to prove yourself right. Yeah, don't never admit that you're wrong in an argument. Just like circle back to something you've already argued about and then attack it with a different... Yeah, view. exactly. Yeah, make the argument about something you know you can win. That's why every dad brings up a fight you had two days ago. Like, I got some new points. <laughs> Remember that? I've... Remember that fight that you've completely stopped thinking about? Well, I've been thinking about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a whole essay I'm going to explain to you, and it's going to be in a truck. <laughs> and that's what this movie taught everybody. I've been taking some long showers lately, and you are fucked because of that. This movie taught my dad to never give up even when that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Even when you probably should, and it would save you a lot of time and a broken back you're still gonna like, fucking lock in and do that you know like when you used to live with your parents and like there would be a noise in the night and your dad would get up out of bed fully naked and go get a knife from the kitchen like that's what this movie is why he does that my dad had a baseball bat under his bed oh yeah never played baseball but you bet he had a louisville slugger ready to go that's a man who wants to enjoy the self-defense. <laughs> That's a man who knows. That's not a guy who's worried about defending his family. That's a man who's worried about getting a taste for blood. <laughs> yeah, and then Jean-Claude Van Damme, he uh, he goes to like a local uh, Muay Thai gym, and he's like, I demand to fight Tong Po. And they're like, who? And he like points to the guy on the poster. 
Yeah. And they all laugh in his face. Yep. It's fucking insane. But then he powers through and eventually does get to fight him, right? Yeah, but also, I just think that's such a shithead attitude to, like, show up somewhere. Like, that's like going to a boxing gym and seeing Mike Tyson up on the wall and be like, I'm coming for him. I'm going to bite his ear off. Once you guys teach me how to jump this fucking rope, I'm going to kick Mike Tyson's ass. Once you guys get me a pet tiger, I'll be (laughs) on the same level as Mike Tyson. (laughs) Yeah, how many rounds do I have to win before I get a white tiger? Do you think he really had a pet tiger? Or was that just something in the Hangover movies that I've like accepted as real? No, he did have tigers at one point. Oh, that's fire! <laughs> All right, good job. <laughs> um, but I think that like uh, I think that Jean Claude's quest to find someone to teach him to fight Tong Po like that taught our dads that if anyone ever wrongs you, you have to find them and follow them. And that's why whenever my dad gets cut off in traffic, he insists on following the guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's why every dad has road rage, you know, because he gets wronged and he's like, okay, that's it. I'm taking this motherfucker down. Yeah. We're driving this motherfucker off the road. But then really what ends up happening is you just end up behind him in a drive through. (laughs) Your dad just like forgets that he's mad at him because he gets mad at the employee at McDonald's and instead <laughs> my dad's all about defensive driving anytime there's a maniac he always turns it around on how good he is at accounting for what this fucking maniac's doing yeah oh you saw how i slowed down when he slowed down we gotta do that when these fucking guys are out here write that down son you know how these guys are always trying to drive into you whether it's by going fast or slow they're always trying to fuck you Can- oh yeah another weird thing in this movie is like from like everybody who helps him like the the guy who like the guy who drives him from the hospital to find the trainer and the trainer himself they both don't want to help him until they find out his brother got fucked up everybody doesn't want to help him until they find out his brother got fucked up and then they're immediately down so i guess the lesson is like kill your sibling and then people will do you favors yeah you think this is just like uh all this fucking I don't know what the word is. Victim culture where all these fucking guys yeah. our age, they just love to be sad. They love to have depression yeah. and anxiety and all these fucking problems. This taught our dads to open every conversation with a complaint and then people will be nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about how fucked your day was and how sad you are. That's why whenever I match with a girl on Tinder, I just go, hey, I have clinical depression. Huh? 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 get happy or die trying (laughs) try to work in i'm in therapy as early as possible in any conversation (laughs) this movie taught me to do that (laughs) yeah be proud of how uh yeah how hard you've had it (laughs) yeah that's true the harder you've had it the more privilege you get okay so he gets to What's the guy with the trainer's name's house? Jiang? Whatever. He gets to the trainer's house, and the trainer guy is like, go buy me groceries, and then I'll think about it. And uh, that's also how I'm going to start talking to my landlord when she comes for rent. Yeah. I'm going to be like, go buy me groceries. Bring me a tribute. I'll think if I want another month. Bring me a gift, and then I'll decide. Yeah. but (laughs) So he goes down to the the village and, like, immediately starts making himself at home. You know what I mean? Like, he's washing his face in the well. Yeah, just, like, chilling with the old ladies. He's, like, tussling the kid's hair. It's like, bro, you just got here. Yeah. No one knows who you are. You're probably the first white guy they've ever seen in this little Thai village in the middle of the forest. Well, you know how when you go on vacation, like as a Canadian, people are super excited when they find out you're not American? Yeah. I think this movie's why, because every American watched this and they were like, oh, that's how you act on vacation. You're just supposed to run around like washing your face and petting stuff yeah making yourself at home like jean-claude goes up to a kid holding a bunny and he pets the bunny and also the kid in the exact same way <laughs> yeah you can't crazy is that bro <laughs> the disrespect and then i want like i wanted to figure out if that's like a like a normal thing to do so i googled like taboos in thailand you're apparently you're not allowed to touch anyone on the head i mean i i think we should extend that out for everywhere yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd say that's also a taboo in Edmonton. If you were to come over and touch me on my head, I don't know how I'd take that. Yeah, but I'm just saying in this <laughs> article, it's specifically written down. I've never heard anything in the Edmonton handbook. That's actually that a very specific anything. thing to say to like visitors of a foreign country. <laughs> yeah. Like, how often Why is that would happen? I touch anybody's yeah. head? <laughs> Look, 
I know you're going to want to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know you Americans get off the plane and you just start tussling hair. You can't. <laughs> no matter how good it looks. you, can't. Dude. I get off the plane. I'm like, I got dirty chip hands. I dude. need to rub these on someone's head. <laughs> just, uh, there's like guidebooks for like American tourists. It's just like, keep your hands in your pockets. <laughs> Tourist tape. You like fucking tape your hands to your sides. Man, I wish he would have just went around the village petting other people that same way, like not even holding animals. Like he goes up to that lady by the well and he starts petting her. And How are you doing? When he meets the love interest, he's like, hola. He oh. says hola as well. Yeah, he has no fucking idea where they're from. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this is Spain. He just keeps trying languages. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do on vacation from now on. <laughs> I don't know what you speak. Oh. Everyone speaks everything these days. And then the last part of him making himself at home in the village is he meets this hot-ass babe at the grocery store. She's looking fine. She's giving him rice, flour, and honey, the three staples of Thai culture. I think it might just be rice flour, like flour made from rice. Oh, I thought he said rice and flour and honey. Because I made the joke before about him deep frying the rice and then coating it in honey, and that's the meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. I don't know what that dude's planning on making with those three ingredients, but I'm really not, I don't want any of it. What kind of soup is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really sticky and not very good. Really sticky and also very powdery. <laughs> Look, if you like honey and flour, you're really going to like this. <laughs> But <laughs> Man, if you just, don't like honey and flour on their own, I don't think you're going to be too into. That's what we're having anytime you come over. Into my special sticky soup. I'm just anytime you come over, I'm going to be pulling out a a crock pot of just honey and flour. I got three pepper. ingredients. <laughs> this honey flour has been on for about twelve hours. Hey, you so bring the right rice. The sweet spot. I got honey and flour. <laughs> Um, but he like, goes to pick up all the groceries from her and then like mobsters, I guess yeah. they don't really explain, but they're fucking mobsters. The local gang members of Thailand. They come in and start grabbing like the money from the cash register and Jean-Claude just immediately goes to, in to kick their ass. And the uh, lady who runs it, May Lee, she's just like, what? No, d- don't do that. And Jean-Claude's like, no, it's okay. And then he just starts punching <laughs> yeah. and kicking the shit out of him. <laughs> Bro, that could have been her boss. Like, yeah. You have no clue who this is. You've just shown up to a village. You bought one thing at the store. And now you're just interfering in this lady's affairs? <laughs> yeah. If this didn't teach Americans to spread democracy, I don't think anything Yeah, did. bro. That is exactly Americans spreading democracy. Yeah. This is why all those wars of imperialism started. Yeah. Showing up in your village, kicking the shit out of everybody and being like, uh, we liberated you. You're welcome. That was close. Anyway, glad I could help. <laughs> I'm from Belgium. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm going to do this somewhere else. I got to go destabilize another nation. Yeah, but then af- back. after he's like done kicking their asses, uh, Miley, the lady, the babe from the grocery store, goes up to talk to the trainer, who is her uncle, we Ew, find out. Yep. Right? And he goes up and, and uh, the uncle's like, yeah, I wanted to do that for a while, but I couldn't. Uh, but it's good that he did it because he's American, so he can get away with it. Well, I th- yeah, what do you think that means? Do you think that's just like if uh, an American, you know how you know how up in arms the country of the United States gets when an American gets killed abroad? Yeah, that, I think it either means that America would invade if one random dummy got smoked in Thailand. And they would. Or I think it's a, I think that might have been a joke too. Cuz I don't think everything like cuz he also calls it good. He's like the quote is he's American, he can get away with it. It's good. And, like, I don't think all the things Americans get away with is, like, good. You know what I mean? Like, all they do is eat processed food and drone strike people. Some of that's pretty cool. Which part? They control the drones with Xbox 360 controllers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's cool, I guess. I guess, yeah, it's like they can get away with a lot of stuff, but, like, I don't know if we should be letting them. No. Is more my point. But we're gonna... We're going to keep letting them do whatever they want. This movie taught our dads that McDonald's is good, but also so is invading. Yeah, so is the global U.S. hegemon. Is that what it's called? Yep. What does that mean? Uh, Hegemony is like the dominant uh, nation or like the dominant power. Are you sure? Yep. So the U.S. has a global hegemony. Not anymore. Yeah, they do. 
don't you fucking say something like that to me. <laughs> uh, well, you're American, so <laughs> you could kick the shit out of me and get away with it, and it would be good. Yeah, if you kill me, bro, we're invading this apartment. <laughs> I'm annexing this on behalf of... This is going to be the 53rd United States. You should plant an American flag in yeah. and act like you're acting on behalf of the military and just see what would happen. Yeah, we got, you know, we got all of America. We got Alaska, Hawaii, and Brad's apartment. You know what we should do is sneak onto the legislature tonight and raise an American flag and just see if Trump like claimed it. Yeah, we should start planting. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's start invading on behalf of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost have my green card. I'm I work for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I think that this would be a really good step to getting it. It's like you guys, I'm doing this for you, and I'm not even a citizen yet. <laughs> Imagine how much more territory I could secure once I have the backing of the entire U.S. Navy on my side. Yeah, it's called showing off your value, okay? <laughs> I thought this was a country of individualists. I'm a one-man army. <laughs> one-man army. I'm one-man <laughs> army. Uh, all I need is flags. All I need is flags and the cover of night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then after he beats up those boys and then all this shit gets handled, this is when... Miley and Jean-Claude have their first smooch. A little smooch? A little, very little smooch. Yeah. One of the littlest smooches. One of the I've most ever. little, one of the most tender and respectful smooches it I've ever seen. One thing I like love the about- the handshake of kisses. Yeah. Like- <laughs> In Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, like a lot of 80s movies, the actor is like, you know, fucking womanizing and doing all the sketchy, questionable things. Jean-Claude Van Damme, like now is, I would say, like very, you could say he's respectful towards women, let alone in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't do anything disrespectful. He even started with a peck and stuff. Like, yeah, I respect that. He brought but her I, flowers. I do think that scene is the reason why all our dads don't have lips. I think it's the reason why dads don't I have lips. I think you're projecting on this. They saw does that your dad smooch. not have lips? My dad does not have lips. My dad has lips. I've seen a lot of other dads. I'm with pretty lips. sure that white people don't have lips. What are you talking about? Let me handle this riff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. This is a video podcast, bro. Yeah. You're gonna look at both of Neither our lips of us and have be lips, like, what bro. is this guy doing? We don't have lips. <laughs> Neither of us do. I have beautiful, full, luscious lips. <laughs> don't you talk to me like that, dude. You're going to get such a rude awakening one day when you find out that you don't have lips. I think you're going to get a rude awakening when you find out that not only do we both have lips, but yours look like shit compared to mine. <laughs> <laughs> let us know in the comments. Leave us a review. Let us know if you think we have lips because I don't. And let us know whose are better. But I think our dads saw that kiss and they were like, yeah, I'm not going to use my lips. Cut them off. And that's <laughs> why no white guys have lips. That was my riff. Okay. You think it was good? Nah, sorry, bro. <laughs> I think white guys have <laughs> lips. <laughs> we're going to have to agree to disagree on that riff. <laughs> white guys do not have lips. White man. guys have lips. I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'll agree with you that we have smaller lips than others, but Man, like... Stop trying to gaslight me into thinking that we have lips. We have lips, dude. We don't If have you don't lips. believe me, then kiss me on the lips right now. <laughs> kiss me right now, bro, and tell me we don't have lips. This podcast just turns into us kissing. <laughs> we get way more viewers. <laughs> oh, do you think we would? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Man, we'll save that in the bag for the 50th episode. Yeah, how about instead of a Patreon, we'll just do an OnlyFans. Uh, well, we already hit 100 downloads, which, thanks, by the way, big shout out. How about when we hit 200 downloads, we kiss on the podcast? I'd like to make that more of a stretch goal. I don't want to kiss you next week. <laughs> How about we make a plan to kiss next week? <laughs> That's so How funny. about when we get like 102 downloads? <laughs> well, I actually just checked it. We hit it. It turns out. <laughs> what other shit we got? I really like the training sequence that they do. Oh, talk to me about that. I don't know. It's just fucking very intense. It starts off with Jean-Claude sucking shit. It ends with him being on top, the very tippy top. He does all these fancy kicks, mm -hmm. gets coconuts dropped on his abs until they're strengthened. Oh, yeah. Kicks down that tree with his leg. Yeah. I love, by the way, I love that the way to strengthen abs is not like having a guy punch you in the abs like 20 times. Instead, it's just having one coconut from really far away hit you. Yeah. Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> progressively higher up like yeah. it starts off and he just like hucks a coconut at jean-claude and he's like oh i can't take this and then he's like up in the tree and then jean-claude pretends to not be able to take it and he's like oh actually i'm fine actually it was a prank i'm really strong it was a prank i have abs it's called the scorched earth strategy you ever hear of it <laughs> nope it's huge in belgium <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know if they've ever even been in a war, but that's a Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, they've been in wars. Yeah, and they're always doing scorched earth. <laughs> <laughs> they scorch what little earth they have. <laughs> also, let's do you want to talk about the splits thing? Oh, yeah, the so medieval we have, torture device. Yeah, so in every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, he uh has to be able to do the splits. They they he does the splits, at, you know, at some point. That's and this is the only movie, this is the only Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where they explain how he's able to do the splits. Which is by hooking him up to some sort of medieval torture slash sex device. Yeah, that, this scene's actually crucial to the Jean Claude Van Cannon. Yeah, you know, like uh, that being drawn and quartered, where they like fucking grab you and like pull you apart. Mm. It's like that, but only for your legs and only to make them do the splits. Yeah, not to pull them apart. Just you know, get and, them just so. Yeah, he was on his back on that thing. I wouldn't mind like a device where. I just like was on my stomach and then they pulled my legs apart. You know what I mean? And then I could do that cool like twerking thing that strippers do where you just do the splits but also still shake your ass. Oh, I see. Yeah, you just want to be able to straddle and twerk? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to be able to like reverse cowgirl while doing the splits. Yeah, I think that's the machine for you, bro. (laughs) I think we could definitely rig a pulley system up like that. (laughs) Give you the moves you've always desired. Maybe once we hit 300 downloads, we do that. (laughs) I love all these tiny stretch goals. (laughs) 200 downloads, we kiss on the lips. 300 downloads, you get to fuck me in the ass. So once he's done his training, like they go out for a couple of shots and the guy, he's like, what is this drink? And the guy's like, it's called the kiss of death. Have you ever heard of it? And Jean-Claude's like, obviously not. Our drinks just have names. Yeah, I just drink water. <laughs> our drinks just have names. They're not really sentences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our names aren't threats. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, af- so like they get all hammered and then uh, some goons come in from the uh, the gang slash corporation of tong po and uh he just starts drunkenly beating the shit out of everybody well jean-claude first he has that whole kick-ass dance sequence though where he like steals everyone's girl oh yeah they (laughs) in the start of the movie he makes a point to mention that he's a trained ballet dancer and then he doesn't utilize those ballet skills at all and instead instead does some you know weird 80s groove yeah like it just looks like jean-claude artistically pacing the dance floor like he's nervous and stuff and that's just what i do every time i go dancing like i just get old ladies make fun of me because i don't move my hips all i do is just walk around shimmy in my shoulders like a little <laughs> just trying so like a little hard, salsa dancer trying so hard to pretend that i want to be there remember that time those girls tried to teach us how to sue step at that cas- casino oh my god that's how bad at dancing i am bro. brad and i were in a casino once at three in the morning we were looking for the comedian we were on tour with we couldn't find him and we just ended up getting <laughs> caught up on the dance floor <laughs> what <laughs> town was this in cold lake cold lake yeah, yeah we were yeah. in cold lake and uh these two girls came up to us and they're like we're gonna teach you how to sue step and we're like two step and they're like sue step <laughs> <laughs> it's different <laughs> <laughs> we did not stick around to learn how it was different though <laughs> no we did i re- i remember kind of getting into it a little bit like i was trying you know actually like doing the right dance and then i look over to brad and you're just like holding your hands like doing like <laughs> not even trying anymore just like swinging into people and then yeah, we were like trying to get out of there and i was like trying to be smooth about it and brad was like uh just shit my pants <laughs> yeah, and then we I have crazy diarrhea and then we spread <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs> And then, uh, but I, I don't think I told you about this because you sprinted off first yeah. and I just had to like be there after you announced <laughs> that you had diarrhea and had to go. And she was like, I think he's lying about something. And I'm like, yeah, his name's not really Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that we gave him fake names. Of course we gave him fake names. <laughs> he oh, only man. lied about being Kyle. <laughs> lying about my name his and His pants are full of poo though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have crazy diarrhea. We're sharing a hotel room. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> she's like i feel like he's lying about something you're like it's two things actually <laughs> more than you would expect <laughs> you are smart <laughs> but now that i'm thinking about you're saying jean-claude was like doing that weird sweep of the dance floor do you think he was just trying to like identify potential threats but was too hammered to do so 
No, I think he was trying to impress a bunch of ladies. No, you're right. I was I just like, trying to I was just trying to give my boy an out cuz I respect him so much as a martial artist. Yeah. Well, he is a martial artist. Like you can see the art in the dancing <laughs> that he's doing. You, you can know? see a lot of uh, the dance moves he's doing. I really just punches and kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I call this the jazzy punch. <laughs> the huh? jazz punch. What do you think of that? Dancing with going on dancing with the stars and just beating the shit out of your partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I'm from, we call this dancing. It's just stage guy <laughs> from New Jersey going on dancing with the stars. You want to dance? I misunderstood what this show was about. <laughs> he just pulls out brass knuckles. Huh? He's wearing blue jeans and a fucking flannel and a trucker cap. He's like, "Yeah, welcome to Dancing with the Stars." And then he kicks the shit out of what, all the Don't hosts. tell me you want to dance too. He's getting mad at the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when, which one of us is the star and which one of us is dancing? <laughs> uh, yeah, he. J- yeah, uh, this is what this is what taught men that we get stronger the drunker we get. Like, this is why people want to fight when they get hammered. Yeah, because Jean Claude was like at his most hammered, and I don't think he even took a single hit. No, like that was probably his most uh, flawless fight his fight sequence in that whole movie. And most evasive. <laughs> Easily, yeah. The drunken master can't be touched, bro. Just slipping and sliding. He's like a, he, you know, how like drunk drivers are always the ones who survive the crash. <laughs> That's like Jean Claude. <laughs> He's loose. <laughs> Why are drunk drivers the ones that survive every single time? That's insane. Everyone else tenses up, they brace themselves for impact, <laughs> but drunk drivers stay limp and then they're able to survive they because just of let that. God handle it. Yeah, they're just fucking ragdolling it, ragdolling through the car wreck, baby. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you ever hear about? I don't know what why my mom told me this, but she was she she was like, hey, if you're ever in, in an avalanche, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey son, and I'm like, okay, I probably will be. So let's, <laughs> hey son, I know you don't ski or snowboard or do sports or go to the mountains or live in the mountains. But if you're ever so, this is why you're really gonna need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're gonna be fucked if you don't know this. <laughs> Don't fight it. She was like, swim with the avalanche. And I'm like, I can't swim in water. How do you? <laughs> hey, son, I know we never did swimming lessons. but I know just... we never did swimming in water. But if that water ever goes to a solid or like snow or something, <laughs> you could, I bet you could handle that state of matter. Also, as it's flying down a mountain. Yeah, they always say it's easier to swim in snow than it is in water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's how they. My, the first level of swimming lessons takes place the winter before, <laughs> <laughs> before all the lakes thaw out. <laughs> Everyone's parents puts them in their swimming trunks, their fucking fins, and they toss them into the snow pile. I didn't do swimming lessons like the way normal people did it, like at a public pool or whatever that's taught by like Red Cross. I did swimming lessons at my grandparents' lake, and it was just this teenager whose like grandparents they were friends with, who was kind of older than me, took me out to the lake and just like said he would teach me how to swim. Did he? No, he pretty much just taught me how to drown. (laughs) He pretty much just taught me what it feels like to be dunked under the water by (laughs) someone who's way stronger than you. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how that wouldn't teach you a lot. <laughs> and then he, I remember there was this one lesson where like there were multiple lessons. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. This was a summer long thing. Dude. We did it every week. And there was this one lesson where we just Brad went, fighting for his life in the <laughs> middle of a lake. I got bullied hard, man, <laughs> by my f- my parents' friends' yeah, sons. This was condoned by multiple families. <laughs> Yeah, I got bullied by family friends, but there was this one lesson where he took me out to the edge of the dock with a life jacket and he was like, okay, what I want you to do is put this on your legs and then jump in. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, why? And he was like, I just think it would be funny. (laughs) And so I jumped in like that and then immediately like flipped. Yeah, of course. (laughs) He had to save my life, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. It wasn't really swimming lessons. It was more his lifeguarding lessons. I was going to say, I bet he become became a way stronger swimmer after trying to drown you and then saving you all he those became times. a lifeguard at the pool at that <laughs> lake later like <laughs> he really was just it, it was beneficial for both of us you were his reference <laughs> <laughs> yeah he drowned me excellently yeah life killer life saver life taker life saver this you guy can saw do it how all good he was at dunking me underwater imagine how good he'll be at pulling somebody out <laughs> That guy never made a mess he couldn't clean up. That's what I respected about him and his curriculum. All right. Um, I got another couple more things here for the show. Yeah. Um, 
when he finds out that uh, he's going to, he finally gets to be able to fight Tong Po, and the way he finds that out is they send a messenger wearing the traditional garb of messengers. Oh, we actually should say, so after the bar fight, though, that was how he got the clout to fight Tong Po. He was able to kick everyone's ass in there. Oh, I did, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, he was a, he, he, he went out drinking with his master. The master kind of got that fight going, and then afterwards, when he was like stumbling out, the master was like talking with Tong Po's representative trying to get that fight going. But yeah, anyway. I love that that's what a tryout is in fighting. Like, you just have to do a bar fight. Yeah, just a bar fight, you know. Do a little brawl. Like I could give a fuck about your cardio. Just kill ten of my friends. How do you think you get into the UFC, bro? If you ever want to fight me, you have to kill my roommate first. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> That's not a fair order to fight you. And Brad's roommate is like the size of me and Brad put together. <laughs> plus, if that guy worked, at, yeah. Plus, if he worked out for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's us combined, but with a way better body. Yeah, if we worked out the entire time we've been alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then they go back to the compound uh, for to sleep off the hangover and also to celebrate the victory. Yeah. And uh, this messenger shows up and immediately Jean-Claude, as a guest in the country, is like, why the fuck are you dressed like that? Yeah, as and it's like, it's not even, the guy's just dressed nicely. Yeah, he's the not, guy's he wearing, doesn't even look weird, he's just wearing a robe. Yeah, like red, like, like nice red robes, you know, they're gold trimmed. He's got a hat on, Jean-Claude's wearing literal dirt rags, like <laughs> fucking, it used to be a white fucking, not even a shirt, it's like long, I don't think he has pants on. Yeah, it's like he was saying, why can you afford that? It's like, <laughs> you know when you have a girl over and she's like you know she puts on one of your shirts or something it, it, it looked like that yeah I don't, we'll <laughs> yeah, that out. She's wearing one but it's just like shirts. it's like Jean-Claude would just like got up in the night and put on a long shirt yeah that's yeah. his outfit and he's judging this guy because he showed up looking crisp in the jungle <laughs> this movie taught all our parents to comment at all inclusives yeah yeah pretty you much you go to an all-inclusive yeah. and your mom's like ah that's server eh? <laughs> like, that's literally that's what it taught her parents to do <laughs> she's trying to feed her family yeah. <laughs> just leave her alone she literally works here <laughs> she, she's only wearing cornrows so you get cornrows later she doesn't <laughs> like that haircut either <laughs> yeah. but like i was just thinking like man if you were in a different country and you saw someone wearing something that you didn't recognize, wouldn't you just like shut the fuck up about it? Yeah. That's what I would I do. would accept that I am the outsider and I'm out of the loop. I wouldn't be like, hey, weirdo, hey. why are you wearing a dress? You're hey. a boy, aren't you? Hey, why don't you have true religion jeans and a Rolex on right now? You're not wearing a tight uh, muscle shirt right now, and I'm very confused by that. I get into a Thai person's car, and I'm like, why are you not playing Biggie right now? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a hit. <laughs> this isn't Duran Duran. Where are the goddamn bars? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's about when the fight starts, too. Or like, well, Tong Po kidnaps uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's lover. Yes, he does. And, and what does he do to her? Has his you way. have to say the word. <laughs> <laughs> he trigger warnings her yeah he does i think that's about the only way to describe it yeah that sounds good to me he fucking gets her and <laughs> come on <laughs> well it's like she yeah he fucking you know attacks her and then uh lets her go for some reason i don't know why he just didn't keep her kidnapped because he kidnaps his brother well because he's trying to get in jean-claude's head he's like go run Go pray tell about my exploits. Oh, wait, fuck. We forgot to say. So his brother, through all of, while this is happening, his brother's like healing up in the hospital. Yeah. And it would like cut back to Jean-Claude, you know, visiting him, looking over his brother laying in bed. Mm -hmm. And the scene to show that his brother's like up and, you know, not up, you know, his he's crippled. He's back in his happy spirits again. Though. Yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, he's back to, yeah, he's in his old spirits. It's uh, <laughs> It cuts from Jean-Claude training in the forest to Jean-Claude in the hospital room with his brother and his brother gropes a nurse and then they all laugh and then it cuts back to Jean-Claude back in the forest. <laughs> like it is unrelated. They're just like, yeah, no, he's good now. See, look how horny he is again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, they're like, uh, his legs don't work, but his dick does. That shows our, that taught our parents that like the only way to prove to everybody that you're in a good mood is by sexually harassing somebody. Yeah. 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 You're off until you're groping. That's then what, it's like, Oh, that's he's why back they to were his walking around offices in the eighties, smacking receptionists on the butt. It wasn't posturing, bro. They were just trying to show their boss they're having a good time. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. 
<laughs> I'm doing good. I, See, I, I love that the only dialogue in that whole scene is just like the nurse whose butt gets grabbed, just being like, "Oh, come on." Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think she's like, "Oh," like she yells and walks <laughs> she out. Doesn't even say a word. She's just like, "Ah, oh. yeah, ah, uh, not again, not the invalid." <laughs> this is the last time I teach a man to, or you know, <laughs> give give a man mobility. If a guy in a wheelchair grabs your butt, are you allowed to flip his wheelchair over and just? leave yeah yeah i think anytime a guy in a wheelchair starts getting out of line it would be you would be not treating him equally if you didn't knock him out of his wheelchair (laughs) you would be giving him a pass and that's wrong i think in the progressive remake of this flick what we need to have happen is her flipping the wheelchair and then he just like stays there and starves to death. Cripples him again. He <laughs> she, she, she makes him a par- or a quadriplegic. <laughs> well, no, I think she's, she flips him over and then he can't get food and then he starves to death. And then Jean-Claude has to beat up Tong Po and the entire hospital staff. <laughs> yeah. I would really like to see Jean-Claude come back and finish the hospital off. <laughs> Those fuckers who saved his brother's life. Cause he was already pretty mad at the hospital. He before. was really mad. That would have been the final straw. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, after that, his brother, well, they're, they, they like all come out to visit him. His brother gets kidnapped Yep. and they like take his brother as collateral for, for the fight. Wait, did we have anything to say about the girl getting hegemonied? <laughs> <laughs> no, Not I how didn't. you use that, but I love it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, apart from that, uh, she keeps all of it a secret so, so as to not bother Jean-Claude. You think this is why my mom holds it down all the time? Yes, I do think so. <laughs> like, if she's ever in a bad mood, she tells me instead of the person who she's mad at? Yeah, I mean, that was what this girl, uh, she literally does exactly that. She's like, this guy fucked me up. Don't tell him. Don't tell the authorities. Don't tell Jean-Claude. I don't even know what I'm telling you, honestly. This movie taught our, da- our moms that all our dads have a big fight this week, so try not to bring anything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All our dads have a lot on their plate right now. <laughs> Just yeah. from now until forever. So that reinforces the patriarchy. Can we have a thing that comes on screen whenever anything reinforces the patriarchy where it's like Hulk Hogan like choke slamming a guy and it's like reinforcing the patriarchy. Yeah, I'd really like we'll just I'll make a bunch of biceps or something <laughs> pop up on screen. <laughs> like ten calf muscles in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just different muscle groups. <laughs> a muscle diagram, but then it all says all the arrows say the patriarchy. <laughs> um yeah, okay, so then his brother gets kidnapped, but it's all good because he gets saved halfway through the fight. Yeah, it, well, let's talk about the fight. Yep. So um, uh, Jean-Claude meets Tong Po in a weird, you know, underground fucking special dojo. There's all these snake statues everywhere. Because they decided to fight in the traditional way. Oh, yeah, they did. Instead of in the... Uh, American way which, which is just upstairs as far as I can tell is the only difference yeah it, it, tradition is basements we're, we're big and it's you know it's hot we don't have air conditioning we're gonna fight in the basement and we dip our hands in glue and glass yeah that's the other traditional thing is to get modern glass bottles and smash them all up and uh, yeah everything is normal except they dip their hands in glue and glass that's yeah, so funny to me I really like that probably taught our dad something racist but i cannot put my finger (laughs) i don't know what it taught my dad but something about not trusting somebody i mean uh, yeah i can't put my finger on it i mean i can't dip my hand into it Um, (laughs) something about somebody not fighting fair i would say (laughs) but they're fighting and so jean-claude he's told that he has to make it to the last end if he wants to see his brother alive again because that's the thing is tong po's fucking henchmen is they they're holding uh his brother there to make sure that jean-claude fights yeah they're like we'll kill your brother if you win the fight but we'll also kill your brother if you lose the fight you just have to get punched until the last round. yeah that was all it was is that you have to get your ass kicked until the last round you can't get your ass kicked too much or too little just the right amount yeah or else your brother's dead <laughs> or do you have anything else to say about the fight because i want to talk about the end of the fight um well i mean let's just say how it goes so like they fucking uh they have that guy's collateral until they're able to break him out and then they do break him out mm. and they start uh chanting what is it Noxon? yeah what's it, it stands for white nightmare it stands for white warrior yeah but I like to say White Nightmare because that's your nickname. <laughs> yeah. 
stands for white warrior yeah they all start chanting white warrior Which, by the way probably the easiest start of a chant i've ever seen in a movie like this guy just says it twice and then all of a sudden the entire arena is screaming it they're like oh i've heard this before <laughs> i know what happens when somebody says something twice they're like we've heard of the whites <laughs> oh yeah. yeah we've heard of them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a chant for them or they invade you. I know how it goes. <laughs> They're just trying to... You think that was it? They were just trying to placate Jean-Claude so they didn't colonize him? <laughs> just trying to make him feel welcome so that he didn't come back with 10,000 ships? Man, this taught all our parents that they are to be received warmly in other countries. And that's why they're always so pissed on vacation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why the second anybody lands on a vacation they just get mad it's still or i don't know if that's what happened with you but with my family anytime we would go on a vacation the minute the plane would land we would all start hating each other i've only gone on vacations to ireland which is like you know my family's other fucking domain the homeland the homeland so when we go back there it's just like my mom being the dad and like telling us how shit is now and we just fall follow her lead Man, that rocks. She's pretty pissed off about how things are different and how shit changes, though, which I appreciate always. Yeah. But is your mom, like, I- Irish, like, in the traditional sense of the word? Or is she Peter Griffin Irish? Is the traditional sense of the word in that she is from Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm asking if she has the accent. <laughs> Uh, she did, but uh, she like she's lived over here for so long that she only has it for like certain words. So like she, uh, like how you have it for Ireland? Yeah, well, that's because I've only ever heard her say that, uh. and so that's just how I like. I don't know what the right way to say garage is. How do you guys say it? garage? No, I say garage. Good, because I say it one or the other. British I never, people say garage. Yeah, cause I'll I'll do whichever one. I don't know which one is the way that you guys like. I we say, say garage here. sometimes too, though. I just get made fun of how for how I say it, and I know it's my mom's fault. <laughs> yeah, but you do that thing where you'll just take out a vowel if you want. Yeah, like I don't need them. Pronouncing a word, you just like you call people like anytime man is at the end of the word, you say it like man. <laughs> I do do that. Slenderman. <laughs> Slenderman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good yeah. reference to the lost episode. <laughs> oh shit, that was a lost one. We got her, but I mean, it's not uploaded anywhere. Uh, Okay, so yeah, he frees his brother, and then that's when Jean-Claude Van Damme realizes that he's allowed to win the fight now. Yeah, so he cuts off the fucking glass shit. And but just, it's crazy how easy it is for him to win the fight as soon as he realizes he's allowed to. Because he was throwing punches before, just none of them would hit. Well, dude, because he had to make it seem... He had to make it seem like he was, you know, he couldn't beat Tong Po or else his brother would die. He was just trying to go the distance. Oh. Jean-Claude had been training this whole movie to kick this guy's ass. So Jean-Claude was an, in, he, he just had all that shit on the back burner, bro, bro. You know what happened is this movie is so good. I forgot he was acting. Yeah. That's acting. That is acting. You were so <laughs> locked into the heat of the moment. I was like, he's trying his best right now. Mm-mm. Nope. He was <laughs> Not actually, by a long shot. He was pulling one over on Tong Po and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my favorite part of the whole fight is like he doesn't kill or like hurt Tong Po at all the way Tong Po hurt his brother. Yeah. He just like wins the fight fairly. Which makes me think, like, I don't think he really wanted revenge on the guy. I think he just wanted to prove he was a better fighter than his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the movie, he just went over to his brother and he's like, seriously, you couldn't handle that guy? Seriously. He I broke k- your back? I kicked him in the face without even looking. Mm. All I'm saying is... Not maybe, a good look for you. Maybe you weren't the world champion. Maybe you're the champion of Delaware. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were just pretty good. <laughs> Maybe you were just a pretty good fighter from Delaware. <laughs> Champion of all basements in Delaware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just looks less good on a belt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're just a state champion there, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, his brother really was a state champion. But also, in real life, that brother was <laughs> was a top-ranked kickboxer. He was a world champion, the actor who played that guy. Um, yeah, you have any other anything else to say about this? Because uh, it closes, uh, the movie ends right there on a big group hug. Yeah, it, it really feels like it should go on for about another five minutes, but Jean Claude Van Damme pretty much just kicks Tong Po's ass, and then they group hug, and then freeze frame roll credits. Yeah, I guess so. Do you have any lessons that our parents taught us? Any potential future conches? What do you got? I mean, I think this movie. Uh, I think it taught us to respect foreigners. 
Absolutely. I like the way that uh, Jean-Claude and his brother came in. It's like, yeah, but still understand that our culture is, of course, number one. But we, we got some stuff we could learn from these guys. But they're, maybe number two is not so far away. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe it's, it's not so as far away as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Um, potential future cons? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, like we were saying before, if they invade Vietnam again, then this movie is going to be fucked. Because it really just taught us to you know learn their shit and use it against them. Uh, what else we got? Oh, I want to talk about uh, Tong Po. Mm-hmm. So Tong Po is a pretty fucking confusing character. Absolutely, he is. He's credited as, uh, in the credits, it's Tong Po as himself, um, which really confused me because in the movie Bloodsport, the villain in that movie is also named Tong Po. And it's acted by a different man. Acted by a different man, but the guy who plays Tong Po in this movie is still another character in Bloodsport. <laughs> so really, Tong Po's actually played by a guy named Michael Kesey, who's also an actor from Belgium. He's not a Thailand... A Thai, or what? Thailand. Thai, I'm trying to think of like Thailand... What's the he's name of a, a person? Thai person? He's not a Thai person. There we go. <laughs> What's the guys from the Toyota country? <laughs> okay, man. I just thought of a couple potential future controversies <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. So Tong, the guy who plays Tong Po is a Belgian man. He's not from Thailand. Yeah, he's a Belgian man named Michael Kesey. Basically, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Michael Kesey moved out from Belgium to America to try and make it as action stars together, and Jean-Claude made it. Yeah, but <laughs> that's still like I'm I'm glad we learned that, but it just raises so many more questions than answers. Like why is it said why does it say in the credits Tong Po as himself? I think that it's I think it's just cool. I think it's like you finish this movie and you're like you're like, Oh, that was pretty good. Tong Po's been vanquished, and then you see the credits and you're like, Oh, wait a second. That man's real? He's real? That beast of a man was they he's real? He's Wait, still out there? There's really guys who only have a ponytail on their head and no other hair and also wear balloon animals as hats? Yeah, and prosthet- potentially prosthetic Asian eyes? <laughs> yeah, we were arguing about that. We were having a tough time with that one cuz this guy is for sure from Belgium. He's for sure a European man. And it, just there's something about the way the light catches his face in this movie that makes me really think that he has Asian eye prosthetics on. Or probably more realistically is wearing makeup. No. But also what I like to think is the backstory behind that credit is that uh, this movie was like so seminal to his career, so important. Like this was the one that made him rich. And so after it was filmed, but before it came out, he changed his name from Michael Kesey to Tong Po. Po. <laughs> he just lived as Tong Po. I'm Tong us. now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I named it after myself. I did a great <laughs> job in a movie. You know, they actually rebooted these movies not too long ago. Really? Yeah, in like 2014, 15, 16, I think. They released like three or four of these. Are they problematic or are they solid? I mean, I've not, I've never watched them, but I, I looked up what uh, they're about. It, it's basically the same plot as this, you know, like guy trying to train up and uh, yeah, yeah. fight a guy and kick his ass or whatever. This but the is cool thing. It's basically Star Wars, eh? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking Jean Claude Van Damme is like Luke, and then Yoda is like the guy who trained. Okay, yeah. Movie. Now I get. Yeah. Okay. Yes. In that sense, it is a little bit like Star Wars. <laughs> In that sense only. Yes, this is like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the cool thing about the remakes is that uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is also in them, but this time he plays the master, and he's teaching a white guy. So they've pretty <laughs> much worked they worked minorities out of the plot entirely. <laughs> that's so funny they're like how do we make this less problematic uh i know how about we put no effort in at all yeah how about jean-claude and some other white guys uh michael kesey tong po is even in it except he just plays a uh like a he's like an extra he's like just makes a little cameo as a criminal or a prisoner oh that's funny yeah so i'm i mean do you think that's do you think whitewashing it is more problematic than having a bunch of stereotypes. I haven't seen it, so I can't know. But also, I don't think that the stereotypes were pretty or were that bad for the. I mean, they were there. 
He definitely had his, you know, the classic Jean-Claude Van Damme black sidekick who he has in literally every single movie. Yeah. Um, but it was like a cool, it was like a well-represented. Yeah, he's probably the least racist black sidekick that he's ever had in any of his movies. Yeah, I mean, like, sure, he had, like, illegal weapons, but at least, like... And <laughs> but I think that was more to more to do with him being a veteran than a black guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. That is like, true. Like, yeah, that was just more about him being, you know, an expat and all that. And and I guess still having all his guns from Vietnam, a war that was fought in a different country. <laughs> different country 20 years ago. Different countries, same guns. Nice joke, bro. I remembered it from earlier. I forgot what the setup was, but yeah, the context, but we'll fix it in post. Yeah, we'll put that in where it goes. Um Yeah, so I mean Oh, all in all, probably one of the least problematic movies we've seen on the podcast so far, at least. Yeah, but I think that it still does... It's not to say it doesn't do a lot wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, let's not pretend like it's a good movie. Not for a second, <laughs> but also, I love this more than most good movies. I Like, I, that's the thing with Jean-Claude Van Damme. None of it's objectively good, but it's like a cozy blanket. I know what's going to happen, and I know that I'm going to like it the entire time. And I gotta tell you, bro, this was such a nice palate cleanser after fucking Death Wish, dude. Yeah. I hated Death Wish so much. Death Wish sucked the entire time. This movie, at le- it's a revenge story where a guy kicks ass, but at least it's a fucking positive revenge story. Yes. And that's what we need a little more of in this world. At Positivity least- and revenge. And non-murder. At least he fights him with glue and glass instead of a gun he found. <laughs> yeah. And at least there's no 17-year-old actresses in this one. God damn. <laughs> damn, yeah. I liked this film. I recommend it. I think we should re-release it on Blu-ray. I think so, too. I think this should go back in theaters. I don't want to forget about that segment. No, me neither. I I, I think, dude, I, I like this. Like, Bloodsport is Jean-Claude Van Damme's, like, classic movie. That's what he's known for. I think this is way better than Bloodsport. I agree, but I haven't seen Bloodsport. Wait till we watch that. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good still. Do you have? Do you know what movie we're gonna do on the next week? No, bro. Let's uh, announce that on the Instagram, so that way we don't have to go back on our word three or four times. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. We're trying our best. Yeah, we're ironing out some kinks, and it's going pretty medium. So uh, bear with us here. Please review us on iTunes, and also please download the shit on wherever you listen to yeah it. download it leave reviews seriously that goes a long way i know a hundred people have downloaded it and nobody's cop to it so one of you fuckers has to soon yeah we um, got like six <laughs> reviews 100 downloads when we get to 200 we will kiss on the lips yeah 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 um, so that's on the horizon um what else let's do a giveaway bro i i'm gonna do a giveaway uh we're gonna give something away to our 200th downloader who we won't know who you are so identify yourself. Yeah, this is an honor system. <laughs> <laughs> the tenth person to review a show, we will make a shirt for out of Sharpie. Yeah, tenth guy to make to review this. Brad and I will. Yeah, you can have our first piece of merch. We'll How's that? Hand make a pretty piece good of merch for you. Brad so and I have made our own merch before, and it's been mistaken for streetwear. So yeah. I don't care if there's one person who reviews it 10 times. I'll still send you a goddamn shirt. Yeah. Just please, for the love of God. <laughs> Stuff that fucking ballot box for us, baby. Make us rich and famous. That's all we want. Money for nothing. Thank you for listening. <laughs>